0: to the most excellent 80s movies podcast it's the podcast where we solve the mystery of the 80s movies we think we love or might have missed with these our grown-up eyes to see how they hold up in this the year 2023 today we're talking about young sherlock holmes a movie selection from 1985 about which letterbox says before a lifetime of adventure They lived the adventure of a lifetime. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson meet as boys in an English boarding school. Holmes is known for his deductive ability even as a youth, amazing his classmates with his abilities. When they discover a plot to murder a series of British businessmen by an Egyptian cult, they move to stop it. That's quite a description. (laughs) I'm Chrissy Lenz, the director of the Neighborhood Comedy Theater in downtown Mesa, Arizona. And here with me today is...
1: Oh, Nathan Blackwell, oh. Uh, independent filmmaker. Um, and that is the end of my description.
0: Yes, award-winning independent filmmaker, Nathan Blackwell. Uh, young Sherlock Holmes, this is your pick. Well, yeah,
1: I... Um... I was thinking of wanting to do another one of these Steven Spielberg produced '80s movies. Yeah, and so there, there's like a, there's a whole swath of them, you know, um, Back to the Future, Gremlins, mm-hmm. you know, Poltergeist, Goonies, and and this one, Young Sherlock Holmes, which you know didn't pop as much as the others in in mainstream, was one of those as well. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, I remember it fondly as, as a kid. Uh, I've always been a, a fan of, of Sherlock Holmes. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it has a, a fun little vibe about it. Um, but also an important thing in just in terms of like film history, this is the first full, this has the first full CGI character in a movie. I'm sure that's yeah. not I'm sure that's not a hundred percent accurate but it's basically the agreed-upon thing and and, and and it's done like when we when we think of like early CGI we think about like mm-hmm. lawnmower man and things like that like it really does not hold up right um, but like early CG CGI like this and like Star Trek the Wrath of Khan and Tron like this versus all of them holds up flawlessly um, yeah
0: I felt- it's. i could see i've never seen this before it was my first time seeing it i never heard of this before uh so i kept calling it young indiana jones <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah it, it has a certain vibe of that as well it, it has yeah. a certain indiana jones feel to it um and this it does. and this movie is not made by you know this movie is made so so we're like the the connective tissue of these other movies is that, uh, you know, Chris Columbus. He did Gremlins mm-hmm. and Goonies. He also wrote this movie. And then it's yeah. directed by uh, Barry Levinson, who's no slouch. He did The Natural.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. And then
1: later we'll do Rain yeah. Man. Yeah. But this of was his, his dip into kind of like the Spielberg-esque adventure movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And, and, and once we get into it, I'd love to talk about, so what makes, what is the connective tissue other than the people of like these, quote, Spielberg, Steven Spielberg presents style movies, especially in the 80s. -hmm. But, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I, this, I would not call this, like if I made a top 100 movies of all time, this would not be on the list, but it's, I remember it being a fun adventure, kind of in the vein of like the Rocketeer. You know,
0: sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it has very Rocketeer vibe, and I could see if I had seen this as a kid, really loving it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got like a, it's got an a retro, joie de vivre adventure, an unjaded kind of swashbuckling adventure of like young people. Um, and it's and it's kind of pulpy, too, you know, it's yeah. just, just like the rocketeer like this is like, oh, we've got to stop the cultists who have created their own, you know, pyramid mm-hmm. and, and and you know, doing Temple of Doom sacrifices and poison darts and things like that.
0: Yeah. And it, um, also it has like a cozy mystery vibe. You know, I like my mm-hmm. cozy mysteries with like retired people, but it's just as fun with kids, turns out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like that is that is solid right up uh, my alley. Comfort food of just like these yeah. these you know the British murder mysteries where it's like you know mm-hmm. Tracker John Tracker is a detective who's who's now saddled with a partner who's a woman mm-hmm. of all things, and now
2: Ew. they
1: have to investigate a murder, three murders every week in this small village of three thousand people. Yep. You
0: know? <laughs> I love it. I love Father Brown. I love uh Sister Boniface. I love mm-hmm. uh all those murder mystery shows where it's like, how does someone die in your village every week and mm-hmm. you still feel yep. like you're safe there?
1: The worst is it's it's like um is that show Grandchester, you know, where he's like the 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 the, the attractive priest. Um, who likes jazz but yet helps the the main constable solve murders and it's such yep. a small town that someone did like a, a like a statistic that it is the most dangerous uh, town in the entire world because of how many yeah. murders a year <laughs> <are> going on
0: <laughs> don't do anything nefarious in that town you will get murdered for it Mm-hmm. Um. So we start this one with, I guess, a murder. Uh, there's a a gentleman with like gigantic mutton chops roaming the streets of London. I guess. Uh, he gets shot with a little dart, and then hallucinates that his dinner is trying to kill him. And how? What was that effect of the um of the? He's like eating a pheasant for dinner, and he. Like hallucinates that it comes to life and is attacking mm-hmm. him. Was that like claymation?
1: Um, I think uh, I th- I think there's a lot of stop animation, yeah, um, in here, um, uh, and then and then a lot of practical effects as well. Like my fa- mm-hmm. so my favorite hallucination is the um, is uh, John Watson's when he's imagining all the food that wants to be eaten oh
0: yes uh-huh. yeah
1: it's so cute that because you can cute. see it's you can see it, it's real stuff you know yeah that they're it's, real uh, uh
0: so this one is, looks really real it looks like a skexus is trying to attack him yeah uh, there's a really funny moment where we come out of the hallucination and you see all the people in the restaurant just seeing this guy swatting at the air
2: um mm-hmm. uh,
0: he runs away from his dinner, runs to his home where he hallucinates that his coat rack is attacking him and that his whole house is on fire. So he throws himself out the window and dies. Yeah. Cut to we get to meet Sherlock Holmes. Young John Watson is starting at a new school. And his roommate is Sherlock Holmes, who does all his like deducing. And uh, as by way of introduction, and then we just get a long time of like meeting this like Hogwarts type school, uh, (laughs) where there's like a Draco Malfoy kid who's mean, and you know Sherlock is sort of the impressive but annoying kid. Um, There's a girl there, one girl.
1: Right, in a a boys' boarding school.
0: And she's in love with Sherlock Holmes. And her uncle is a crazy old professor who still lives there and is building a flying machine, which is similar to, like, Da Vinci.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: They're being stalked by a mysterious old man. They do uh, a bunch of fencing, which is where we meet uh, the young, um, what would you call him? The young teacher, Mr. Wraith. Professor yes, Wraith. He,
1: he is. He is seen as, as Sherlock's kind of mentor father figure. Yeah. You know, they
0: fence together.
1: Right. He's, he- he's the only one who seems Sherlock is the only one who seems to meet his high standards, you know?
0: Yes. Although Sherlock lets his emotions get in the way of his fencing. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Yeah. And the the arc on the so it's it's like Sherlock, there's I mean, there's so many variations and versions of what we've seen now of of Sherlock Holmes, especially with like the most recent like Cumberbatch and Robert Downey okay. Jr. versions. Like those are the wildest okay. kind of pitches. Um but like Sherlock is always kind of a Seen accused by the people in his life as as being extremely cold and calculating and not emotional. Right. And that's how the fictional character is. And so what they they wanted in this story um, is to kind of show him much more emotional and to see the events that made him kind of shut down a bit.
0: Yes. And I like that as an origin story, although uh, they're very careful at the beginning and at the end to have a uh, little disclaimers that say this is not
1: <laughs> uh-huh. written
0: by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. It's inspired by Sir well, Arthur Conan I, Doyle.
1: I think there's the legal trouble that even like, did you ever see the, the Ian McKellen movie uh, Mr. Holmes that came out like 10 years ago? No. Um, so they even had the same legal thing. It's where it's, the character is now public domain, but the stories are not. Right. So th- that was probably definitely the case then 30 years ago. And so they they probably, for very legal specific reasons, uh, had to kind of put that up front.
0: Yeah. This is not a Sherlock Holmes story. This is our Sherlock Holmes story. No one from the Arthur Conan Doyle <laughs> estate approved this. I just love that they're like, we just made mm-hmm. this up, you guys.
1: I also feel like they also wanted, like they were also kind of like tip it. They, I felt like they went a little further, and they're also wanting to not offend people who gen, genuinely love the character. Like right. They don't want to piss off Sherlock Holmes fans.
0: Right. They want to endear themselves to the Sherlock Holmes fans and be like, this is his origin story,
2: mm-hmm. you silly
0: gooses. Yeah. Um, I do like that at the beginning when they're like, what is your wish for the future, Holmes? And he's like, I wish to never be alone. And at the end, he's uh. like, I shall always be alone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Because they fridge his girl.
1: Yep. Oh my gosh.
0: And she's just a baby. They're like little kids. It's nuts how mm-hmm. much murder there is of little kids in this movie. Mm-hmm. They just are murdering them left, right, and sideways. Uh, so we get a um cheating. Sc- well, first there's a fun little game where uh Sherlock has to find a trophy. That's been hidden right? and uses deductive reasoning skills to find a trophy, uh, which is a fun little diversion. Uh, But then there is a cheating scandal. The Draco Malfoy of their school uh, (laughs) frames Sherlock for cheating and the teacher, who's like the Severus Snape of this movie. Uh, wants to believe it because he just can't believe that Sherlock is as smart as he is. Mm -hmm. And is like, well, that's how you've been doing it all this time. The mystery is solved. You're expelled. And they kick Sherlock out of their school. Meanwhile, the old uh, man who is building the flying machine, who's sort of like also like a mentor.
1: So then, okay, so in in Harry Potter things, who's his, his main mentor, the fencing teacher and the main guy? That's not the Snape. He's
0: that's like the, the Lupin.
1: Yeah, he's the Lupin.
0: Um, and then I would say this guy is maybe like the Hagrid or something because he's sort yes, of a, he's kind
1: of moon. the ground. He's kind of the groundskeeper, right? He's the uh um, yeah. the dad of of the girl Elizabeth. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's how that's the, that's the only way she's on campus on this boys' boarding school is that she's the daughter of like the groundskeeper or whatever his. I'm sure his like, job is. Niece. Yeah.
0: Uh, so he gets shot with one of the poison darts.
1: Yeah, and he and we really like him at this point. So this is the first time it's not. We've already seen t- like two strangers get this. Mm-hmm. And so now we're like, oh, shit. is what we
0: care about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he goes. This is the part where we get the CGI knight because he's like, I've been shot with a dart. I'm going to go antiquing.
1: Uh, no, the CGI characters with the priest.
0: Oh, the priest! The priest! The priest! That's right. That's right. Yeah. We, I, I completely skipped the priest.
1: Yeah. So the pre. Yeah. The the CGI character, which I think is like on screen for like seven seconds, <laughs> mm-hmm. took them four months to do. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: And it was it was done by John Lasseter and uh the Pixar people, right?
1: I think so because they were actually part of ILM and Lucasfilm. Hmm. Before they were basically, you know, it's like, ah, I don't know, we'll sell off Pixar. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so it, so the effect is basically a a stained glass knight jumping out of the window and coming alive. And the reason why it works so well is because it's effectively two-dimensional, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like a two-dimensional guy walking towards him. Um, and it's technically not two dimensional. Uh, you know, since it's glass, it's got some thickness. As we we actually mm-hmm. see it walk by us, but because it's something you know material like that and semi translucent, that it it really still works. You know,
0: yeah, because um, it's not realistic.
1: Correct, and 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 it's and it's a type of surface that is that is much easier like we have the uncanny valley because our brains are so trained to detect human faces and what is right right and what isn't right like we look at a human face and we do a million sort of like processes to look at it you know as we're judging it and analyzing it and and so it's so easy for a cgi human face to look weird to us you know. Yeah.
0: Too smooth. Too smooth. Mm-hmm. Put some bumps in there.
1: So if we were sentient glass, then it's very likely that this effect would not hold up at all. But um but yeah, it's a fu- it's a really fun one. The- these these like poison dart nightmares give them a lot of leeway to kind of do more fantastic, quote, Spielberg-esque sort of fantasy. You know, yeah,
0: fun. It adds fun to the movie, even though it like results mm-hmm. in people being murdered. It adds these little moments of uh adventure and fun,
1: yeah. Like, um, like you know, it's like these you know, Sherlock Holmes doesn't really have a lot of action, like maybe there's a chase and then some, someone gets stabbed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but. But that's fine. It's it's all about the deduction and, and the mystery. But you get to have, with this device, you get to have some fantastic adventure.
0: Yeah. Um. And, yeah, so I totally skipped over the priest. But we're with the uh, beloved old Hagrid at this point, mm-hmm. who uh, is at an antique store, and he is hallucinating that dragons are crawling all over him. So, in an attempt to stab these really cute little dragons, which he should just make <laughs> friends with, he stabs himself in the chest.
1: Mm-hmm. That was his and
0: first mistake. That was his first and last mistake. Um, I do have to say, as a tool of murder, making people hallucinate themselves to death seems really iffy.
1: Yes, it, it, it obviously, obviously doesn't work on everyone the, right. the inspector Lestrade Lestrade um he uh he he got it off screen and survived yeah um uh, you know <laughs> I had to have like three other constables hold me down from hanging myself it's like gosh that's oddly specific you know.
0: It sure is, yeah. Um, and it's like if it just if it doesn't necessarily because like Watson's hallucination when they they all three get shot. What the are Harry, Ron, and Hermione of this mm-hmm. uh, movie all yeah. get shot with the darts. and the two of them have terrifying. Um,
1: they really do fit all the archetypes of Harry Potter, don't they?
0: They sure do. Um, they have like uh the Elizabeth character hallucinates that she's being sucked down into a grave
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Sherlock hallucinates a bad memory of like breaking his parents up somehow and Watson just uh, hallucinates that a lot of desserts want to climb into his face yeah
1: (laughs) he has not accrued a lot of trauma at this point to pull from (laughs) no
0: No, so if you're pure of heart, then these little darts can't get you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So they do find clues though. The dying declaration of their uh their friend is Etar. And they find the little blowgun. Mm-hmm. They investigate the blowgun and they immediately find the Rami Ten, which is an Egyptian cult a murder cult that lives in a giant pyramid that they just stumble upon. Yes. They fall through the pyramid and they're immediately in like a temple of doom style. There's hundreds of people down there. They're all dressed in like, uh, their cult finery. They've got like shaved heads and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is like a full blown deal.
1: Yeah. It's. And, and we later learned that it, so it's, I would not say that it's, so all of the cultists who are practicing this Egyptian thing, the this Egyptian um, uh, sacrifice are white. Yeah. But we learned that it's basically, it was the one guy, the main bad guy, who, who recruited, like, drug addicts and homeless to be, hit. basically, he gave them something to believe in. Um, and so they've all doubled down into this cult.
0: And they explain that the Itar, the bad guy, he and his sister were half white, half Egyptian. Yeah, Anglo Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Although they don't seem Egyptian. There's no like actual Egyptians in this in this movie. Uh, so they find this cult, and what the cult is doing is mummifying young girls and covering them in wax. Mm-hmm. Which is brutal.
1: Yeah, that's intense. Uh,
0: and so intense that when Sherlock is observing this, he stands up and goes, "Stop it! She's still alive." <laughs> we never find out what happened to that girl.
1: <laughs>
0: we don't think that Sherlock saved her, right? Or do we yeah, think that no, Sherlock saved her?
1: I don't. We yeah. I I things did not work. I, I none of the ladies met good ends in this film.
0: Nope, they all get fridged. Yeah. So they they run and run and run, and that's when they get hit by darts and have their uh, fun hallucinations,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: were uh the, especially the one Elizabeth has, which was pretty scary, mm-hmm. and the one Watson has is pretty cute. Yeah. They have a little sword fight
1: mm-hmm.
0: while hallucinating.
1: But yeah, it's especially like Elizabeth's, like it. It goes like, it just reminded me that there was a, especially in these like Spielberg style movies. It's like you you talk about like what are the, you know, um, the the kind of like common threads of these Steven Spielberg produced movies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think one of the the elements that I think would surprise many people is that there's a lot of horror, yeah, in them, and I. F- and, and 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 scenes like this remind me, like, kids' movies, and, and we're talking, like, the, these kind of kids' movies, not like, you know, sing-along, like, Frozen kids' movies. Not like
0: more, Little Mermaid.
1: This is more like like 13-year-olds, like, you know, yeah. movies yeah, yeah, yeah. for 13-year-olds. There was a lot more horror in the 80s.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you think about Goonies and Gremlins as like Mm -hmm. examples. There's like a lot of like skeletons and scary moments and and near death experiences and and jump jump scares and
1: things that probably gave like eight year olds who saw it nightmares. You know oh
0: yeah i can speak from experience uh the gross <laughs> out nightmares you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially gremlins like gremlins is really gross oh
1: yeah a hundred percent like microwaving the gremlin the mom microwaving mm-hmm. the gremlin mm-hmm. Ugh.
2: yeah <laughs>
1: uh-huh but yeah so is now a good time to talk about like the the whole like the connective tissue of the the Spielberg produced films, yeah. you know?
0: I think so, because we're almost to the end of the movie.
1: Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of, you know, so, so, like, so, so, what are some of these movies? So, these are, there's there's definitely like animated ones, like Five Will Goes West and things like that. But the real ones that I think of are like the uh, Goonies, Poltergr- Poltergeist, Gremlins, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um Young Sherlock Holmes and I and I think Battery is not included. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, there there's a bunch more, but I feel like the thread of these is you know is obviously some of Steven Spielberg's own sensibilities um, you know, of what he likes that he right. but some of these movies he didn't originate. He didn't direct, he didn't direct any of these. But he kind of lends his name to it. and And, you know, like the the music feels John Williams-y on yeah, all, it on really does.
0: These. It yeah. almost sounds Indiana Jones-ish,
1: yeah, which um, didn't
0: help my confusion.
1: <laughs> and they and and so the only reason it's like the reason why I, I I'm kind of making a specific point is that they actually advertise these movies. A Steven Spielberg presents this. So, this was very, these kind of movies were directly on the nose, like under an umbrella of kind of a running theme of like Spielberg himself is involved somehow, you right. know? And You're so, getting like,
0: a Spielbergian experience.
1: Yeah. And so that means it's kind of aimed towards that 13 year old, you know, who right. wants to see adventure, who wants to see a little bit of jump scare and horror. There's visual effects, uh, and these movies are primarily an adventure,
0: right? They're a rip-roaring, mm-hmm. scary good time.
1: But yeah, w- w- one of the, um, the but one of the most um, like common collaborators in these kind of Spielberg-esque movies is Chris Columbus, you yeah,
0: know? who also directed the first Harry Potter. Yes. I just want to toss that out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue. Okay. Um, so they have their hallucination. They go to Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard won't listen, but he accidentally pokes himself with the little dart
2: mm-hmm. that they
0: give him, which is like, You idiot. They just said this poison dart calls causes deadly hallucinations, and you poked yourself in the fingy with it? Come on. Uh they go to the school to um, let their beloved teacher Wraith know what's going on and he's with the school nurse who's like oh okay well let's expel all of you and kill this dog mm-hmm. she has a little pet dog um, and we're immediately like okay this is not good <laughs> they rip the wig off the uh, oh, school yeah. nurse mm-hmm. turns out she's bald cultist
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Wraith is Etar backwards. He's the bad guy, you guys. Yeah, no, you guys. Turns out he was Professor Snape all along. Uh-huh.
1: Or who who's the professor in in um the uh, the Sorcerer's Stone?
0: Oh, he's the Quirrell. Yeah. Yeah, they gotta get those. So they run away. They Lupin escape. turns
1: into Quirrell. Yeah.
0: Yep. And the game is afoot. There's a lot of smooching, though. Were you surprised at how much smooching there is between Sherlock and uh, the between the uh, mm-hmm. Harry and Hermione characters? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh huh. For teenagers. But, um, yeah, um, but I also I think that was also part of them wanting to show the things that he had when he was young. That because it in, it's not that it's not that Sherlock is like celibate. You know, yeah,
0: it's just that he one time lost his love,
1: exactly, and that he sees it as well. I guess, I guess you could say that he's celibate, he sees romance and in general human connection as a distraction
0: and a danger,
1: yeah, and a danger. Um.
0: But not when he was this age. At this age, he was smooching it up, you guys. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Smooch, smoochy, smoochy, smooch, smooch, smooch. Which I think, like, I watched this with my twelve-year-old, uh, and he like totally got bored <laughs> 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 and peaced out. It was a smooching was not a, a not for him. Uh, so they they finally unravel the mystery, which is that these five old men who have been killed uh were in Egypt, trying to make their fortune, and they like raided uh and destroyed the tomb of five Egyptian princesses mm-hmm. so yeah. and, and because the british uh army got so mad that the villagers got mad, they killed a whole village full of people. Mhm this is fucking brutal.
1: Yeah. And this is a very like Sherlock Holmes style plot where it's like a secret like um cabal of men 20 years ago they thought they got away from it and now it's kind of one member is returning to kind of kill them all.
0: Yeah. And but like I they have a right to be pissed. These guys they started a military uprising that killed your entire village like mm-hmm. I'm kind of on your side a little bit. I'm upset that you're mummifying innocent young girls, but like. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. I feel like you've taken that part a little too far. Yeah. You know?
0: But perhaps there was a solution that we could have found if we Mm -hmm. went a little less crazy (laughs) to get some justice. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the nurse and the teacher are fully bad guys at this point, and they hypnotize Elizabeth. Um, to try and tell them where Sherlock and Watson are. Uh, mm-hmm. But by this time, they've all figured it out and they go to save Elizabeth in the flying machine.
1: Right. Which, which is...
0: reminds me of the part in Harry Potter 5 where they steal the Thestrals and go flying.
1: Right. Or, yeah, or the flying car. Because this the flying, flying car, machine is basically yeah. like a, a car. It, it, I was thinking about it. it. It's... This this flying machine never it always starts off f- from somewhere high and it basically right. then launches and it's effectively a heavy glider. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it can't it can't like take off from the ground at all. No. Yeah. No,
0: it's got bicycle pedals that you pedal mm-hmm. and it flaps the wings. Yes. So it's just falling with style.
1: Yeah. Yeah, control, controlled descent.
0: Long-term falling. Yeah. But it gets the job done. They make it back to the pyramid. They know where the pyramid is. Mm-hmm. So they just hustle their way back there, where Elizabeth is in the process of being mummified. Yeah. Uh, they concoct an elaborate geometry... Geoma- geom- ele- they conduct an elaborate geometry uh trap which collapses the roof
1: Uh uh-huh yeah it's like
0: the chandelier it's
1: like yeah he said like it was like if my geometry is correct one of these beams goes out and this whole place comes down it's like isn't like a pyramid like the most structurally strong geometrical shape
0: this was a revenge pyramid, not oh, a, right. a long-lasting pyramid. It was built by uh, the drug addicts and the homeless people that they mm-hmm. recruited and shaved their heads and stuff. So that's why it's uh Right.
2: It's
1: non-OSHA. Not it's non-OSHA. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So uh, we have a whole big fight. The crew gets, the kid crew gets away. But lo and behold, Elizabeth gets fucking shot in the stomach.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Shot. Shot in the stomach. And while she lay dying, Holmes is like, I got to go kill this guy in a sword fight.
2: <laughs> uh huh.
0: Which he does. Wraith falls through the ice. Um, in a fun like slow death sink into ice uh, they in their sword fight he's like you're always so emotional Holmes you're, the love of your life lays dying in the street and you're here chasing me and it's like yep that's what he did he goes back to Elizabeth while she's like having her dying breath and he's like well I'll find you in the next life and she's like sounds good
1: <laughs> look forward to it Yep. Uh-huh.
0: She dies. And then we get a nice goodbye scene with Holmes and Watson. They've both been expelled from the school. And it's like, Will I ever see you again? Yes, I'm sure. There there is a little voiceover, like of an adult Watson, who's like, mm-hmm. I knew that someday our paths would cross again. And then we get another disclaimer this is not a real Sherlock Holmes story. It is not canon. This is not canon, people.
1: <laughs> Guys, it, 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 we're cool, right? We're cool.
0: We're cool. Uh, our bad, our bad. Uh, and then there is a post-credit scene.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there is a post-credit scene, which was not common at all. And the way they tip you off is that they don't just go to credits. We, for the long time, see just like this horse riding out in the snow. You know, mm-hmm. underneath the credits. And 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 we reveal that the bad guy, Wraith, the teacher, survived. He's now got a hideous scar on his face. And he's assumed an, a new identity, which is Moriarty. So it's basically laying the groundwork for Sherlock's nemesis. Yeah. Yeah, and this was, the and this kind of stuff is done way too much now. But I remember back then, it's like, Oh, that was a good twist. They added something at the end. That's cool.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. But if I, if I hadn't read that there was a post-credit scene, <laughs> I would have not watched through the credits all the way.
1: Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember. That may have been one of my first post-credit scenes in in a movie theater.
0: Oh, so you stayed the whole time and saw it?
1: Yeah, I I remember. Yeah, because um, awesome. I mean, how many movies back then in the eighties had that? Not Only Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Uh huh. And I don't think I saw that in the theater. I think I saw it on on video, but I'm pretty I think, sure. I
0: think someone told me about it, and so mm. I knew it was there. Yeah,
1: it was a big deal.
0: Mm-hmm. So on a scale of uh, one. CGI animated stained mm-hmm. glass night <laughs> to 10 being the best CGI animated stained glass night. Do you rate this really high? Did you love it?
1: Well, so I, I, it, this is, this movie is comfort food, but I, uh, it's not the first comfort food that I go for, you know, it's like, right. it's, it's, it's kind of in, I would put it just under the rocketeer in that kind of same category. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I have to be completely, like Sherlock Holmes, cold and objective, I would probably give the movie a 7. Okay. You know, I, I, my own uh, emotional attachment to it would probably bring it up to like a 7.5 or a 7.8 or something like that. Um, but objectively, it's a lot of fun, you know.
0: It is, it is a lot of fun. The pacing could be perhaps mm. uh scale scaled up or, or, or quickened, right? Uh, a little bit. I I agree with you that I wanted to give this movie a seven, but I bumped it down to a six and a half because my twelve year old did not want to watch the end of it. He was like, "I'm gonna go play in my room." Mm. Uh, so that's why I took. I'm a half gonna go point chase down. dopamine, mom. Yep. Uh, so that's why I was just like, if it, in terms of how it holds up for a kid who like loves adventure movies, loves mm-hmm. the Goonies, uh, it didn't quite make it to seven territory. Gotcha. Okay. So when we talk about deep cut recommendations, I think mine is obvious. hmm. I uh i- re- a deep cut recommendation is of course Harry Potter, which uh <laughs> is very similar to this, but mm-hmm. specifically I would say you know what,
1: make make a double feature of young Sherlock Holmes and and the worst witch. Um oh. with Feruza Balk. And then you go like, oh my god, this is all Harry Potter.
0: It's all Harry Potter. <laughs> but, th-
1: but in fairness, I think that the whole boarding school thing has its own archetypes, and maybe maybe a lot of us were seeing it for the first time with Harry Potter, but these were for people who have experience with boarding schools, like the British, um, were a lot more familiar, and and it wasn't novel in Harry Potter, you know. So it's not so much of a quote ripoff
0: yeah well what i wanted to specifically recommend because i talked so much about harry potter was the um at universal studios hollywood and mm-hmm. they have one at universal studios orlando too but the harry potter village yeah such a nice cozy feeling
1: yeah i um, wouldn't go in this in the, the the heat of summer it kind of takes away some of the fun but
0: because it's still all snow capped
1: yes it's always snow capped
0: (laughs) so even if you do go in the deadly heat of the summer you uh walk around and you immediately feel like you're in a wintertime cozy village and uh in harry potter town in uh london Mm
1: -hmm. and it's so
0: it's so nice and cozy and that's how i felt when we got to see the streets of london and see them running around uh, in their cozy little um, snow-capped uh, villages in this movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and apparently I, there were a lot of scenes where the snow was just totally fake. Oh, really? Yeah. Obviously not like on giant scenes, but there was a lot of stuff that takes place like in courtyards that they just had to do fake snow.
0: Fake snow. You got to love fake snow. Mm-hmm. Fake snow in the dead of summer will make you feel a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. So, what's your deep cut recommendation?
1: Um, so, my deep cut recommendation, if you want to go further down into Sherlock Holmes, um, my recommendation is the TV series. Um, it's 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 done, they did several seasons of it, and each season is like a different name. But it's it's basically the, the it, it was also kind of during this time, so the eighties. kind of like early 90s which is the the sherlock holmes tv series um with jeremy brett and so that's to me that is the best uh, like i love benedict cumberbatch's version of sherlock but i feel like the jeremy brett version of all the ones i've seen is the best sherlock um uh one is one of the things that. Is, so when I say it's a TV episode, like it's like these the British murder mysteries where each episode's mm-hmm. an hour long, you know, mm-hmm. and then each season is only like five six episodes. Um, yeah, very British. But yeah, but I mean, there's like fifty of them or something, and it's so comfort food. But the thing that Jeremy Brett brings to it is that he basically plays Sherlock Holmes, which I think is is also kind of implied in. the in the versions of Cumberbatch and Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. is that Sherlock is is manic depressive?
0: Yeah, that exactly.
1: he he is energized when he's got a case that he's singular, and when he doesn't, he is just distraught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and 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 Jeremy Brett in particular does a fantastic job of that because he himself was manic depressive. Oh, <laughs> so, I see. Um, so he's
0: bringing in his own experience.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like if there's one person, like if you met Sherlock Holmes in real life and he was a real person, that Jeremy Brett would be that performance.
0: Excellent. Well, that's a that is a killer recommendation um, I've never heard of that one so I love knowing about it so I can go watch it now and experience some cozy mystery which I live mm-hmm. for
1: yeah I think the first season is called the adventures of Sherlock Holmes okay and, and they eventually do and then if you it, I would say if you want to just like dive into one of them there's they also did like movies which are just okay. like an hour and they're just 90 minute episodes I would see the sign of four Okay. So Uh
0: so do you have any other uh anything we missed about young Sherlock Holmes?
1: Uh, just one one more bit of, of fun uh, trivia. So you, I mentioned that um, that movie Mr. Holmes with Ian McKellen, uh, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. So he basically plays the quote, real Sherlock Holmes and everyone knows about okay. the stories. But so he actually exists as the actual person. And there's some things they got wrong and some things they got right. But he watches a this came out like Ten years ago, or or less than ten years ago, uh, but he watches a movie of his life in the theater, and it's played by young Sherlock Holmes, the same actor who played young Sherlock Holmes, and this is twenty years later.
0: Oh wow, so, that's awesome!
1: Yeah, so I, I that there must have been some love in that.
0: Yeah, you know, for, for them sure. to
1: do that because it really is an easter egg they would have had to go he that actor is still a working actor but i don't think he does anything like big or stars in anything
2: mm-hmm.
1: so for them to pull him in that that's uh, was a lot of fun to spot
0: yeah i bet he loved that yeah and i bet for people who who spotted him and knew of the movie it was like oh my god it's young sherlock
1: uh-huh. i that was me
0: yeah i love it that's so funny <laughs> well what a great fact um excellent so stay tuned everyone if you are a uh member uh or if you would like to become a member through true story fm and support the podcast uh there's more content with nathan and chrissy having a fun summer movie conversation after the credits um become a member follow us on true story fm uh and if you're not ready to fully become a member yet just follow us on the social media you can find us at most excellent pod uh you can leave a rating or review or or anything like that which really helps us out um uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast we appreciate it so so much um and uh, thank you for listening. Where can people find your uh, films, Nathan, and support you in your endeavors?
1: Yeah, um, the, the best place uh, is SquishyStudios.com. Um, if you want to check out our more info on our feature film, you can go there. Um, but The Last Movie Ever Made, which is the, the feature that's going to around festivals right now, um, is also on Instagram and Facebook. Excellent. Technically on Twitter as well, but I don't really tweet.
0: Yeah. I I, uh, I don't really have a Twitter anymore. Um, You can find me at the neighborhood comedy theater, the place in downtown Mesa, Arizona, Uh, or you can find me online at most excellent Chrissy uh, on the Instagrams. Um, Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you so much. And while you're out there in the world, Uh, Please keep the most excellent 80s movies motto in mind. Be excellent to each other and
1: party party on
2: on dudes.
0: I think that was our best party on dudes ever. Was it? (laughs) I think so.